Have you ever felt so tied to what you do, to the roles you play, the job that you have, that it feels almost impossible to separate it from who you are and the purpose God has created you for? It can be scary to feel like your life is shifting around you, whether through loss of relationship, income, or even change of vocation. And when the questions come flooding about who you are and what you were meant to do, how you'll actually do that, and what if you never figure it out? Well, that can be really overwhelming. Placing our identity in what we do is a desperate attempt to feel worthy and valuable, and I've been there. How do we shift our identity and purpose away from doing? And when our identity and purpose are so tied to doing, the moment that that shifts, for me it shifted because I walked away from these jobs. The moment that that shifts, we aren't gonna know who we are. So that's why I, I write a lot of the book about how to find out who you are outside of what you do. And that's so hard because for so long, I thought my purpose was to be the best broadcaster that God gave me these talents and gifts. And I need to best be the best broadcaster that I can be. And I would introduce myself. So I'm Paula Ferris of Good Morning America and The View. And then that was gone. And I'm like, well, what's my purpose? Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Paula Ferris about the difference between our identity and purpose. And what is a faith calling? And what is a vocational calling? And more importantly, how do we live out that calling in our lives? You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am so happy to be with you today. Ridiculously pumped about our guest. I mean, for real. What is life? Paula Ferris is on the show today. I am literally dying over here. I'm going to try and compose myself for a hot minute, but I'm having a really hard time doing so. If this is your very first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I want to give you a quick life update. This week, I am finally getting my hair done. I mean, what is life? After five months, I am more than ready to look like I have not given up on life. It has been rough goings around here. With things opening up, it kind of feels like I can get out of the house with my mask, of course, and socialize in real life, or sort of. In fact, this weekend, we are hosting my mom's 70th birthday party. So happy birthday, mom. And we're going to be having a big family gathering. So it kind of feels like we're doing some normal things. Today on the podcast, we're talking about purpose, which is my all-time, like seriously all-time favorite topic. It's the reason I became coach, and it was the catalyst for the birth of the show. And it is why I'm so passionate about empowering women every single day, whether it's through the podcast or coaching or even just having conversations. I truly believe that each and every one of you was designed with a purpose, and that purpose is unique to you. There's no one else in the world like you. But as women, we can hide behind our fears, our insecurities, and we can even hide behind our vocation because we would hate to change and become uncomfortable. But life has changed before our very eyes, and that is something I think we are all very aware of. Things are not the way they used to be. And if you have been off work because of COVID for the past few months and you're questioning what comes next in your life and you're not really sure what you want, 
you maybe have some thoughts and ideas, but what is that going to look like? Or maybe you're thinking about something that you want to pursue, but you're afraid to take the leap. And I have a story that I want to share with you. I still remember the day like it was yesterday. It was a hot, humid summer day in Memphis. And I took a walk down to our community building where the mail was delivered every single day around 2 p.m. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was hoping to run into one of my friends who was living in that apartment complex, I probably would not have left the comfort of my air-conditioned apartment. But I really needed some community, so I was totally ready to get out of my apartment. Now, I was living for the very first time on my own. I'd had a string of roommates for years and I'd finally come to the end of my roommate situation and I was living in this really, really cute apartment and I moved all my belongings in and you know what? Life was pretty great. I loved my apartment. I loved my job, which is saying a lot because I had been in so many job situations that had been like pretty much a gong show, but the school I was at was called FACS, First Assembly Christian School, and it was a completely different opportunity than I'd ever had before. I had a really great boss, in fact, a guy who I am still in contact with to this day, and I was friends with the band director, who I'm also still friends with, and the school had quickly become kind of like a second family to me. The music department um, was in a growth period. It was experiencing significant changes and we were just about to move into a brand new state-of-the-art music building. And so our hard work was paying off both in the vocal and in the band department. And I loved my job and I loved my students. But even with all of that, Even with my job and my apartment and kind of living on my own and having this life, I always felt as though there was something off. There was always this like looming fear in the background and a feeling of unsettledness. And I would push it away because I was afraid to rock the boat and I had worked really, really hard to be where I was. I had gone to school in the States. I had gotten an immigration lawyer. I was just really um, trying desperately to hold on to the kind of the life that I created. I finally felt like I was in a position where I could plant roots. Memphis was growing on me. It wasn't probably the city of my choice when I first moved there because I felt a little bit like an outsider. But over time, I met some really amazing people and I developed some really close relationships. So my very first two years there were really lonely and I was trying to navigate some pretty tough waters, which also resulted in me getting shingles, which was not good because of a stressful work situation. And about two years into living there, I knew that things were changing and life was on the upswing. But there was something deep inside of me that had longing for more, even with everything that I had achieved. I couldn't really explain it, but I knew that teaching vocal music, which is what I was doing, was not something that I was meant to do for the long term. I had all these dreams and all of these aspirations, but the financial stability that I had with teaching was something I was not wanting to give up. And it was something that my parents were really grateful for. And 
I was kind of locked into the position because of my immigration status. So leaving that position really kind of felt like an impossibility. So that day at the mailbox, when I was standing there, I opened it up and I got a letter from my immigration lawyer. My heart stopped. I held the envelope in my hands and kind of like felt this like surge of fear just kind of rush through my body. What I didn't realize was that was going to be a very, very pivotal moment in my life. Now, I don't want to leave you hanging. I am going to get to the end of the story, but can I just get really real with you right now? It's not easy to feel the kind of loss that comes with leaving something that you've put your identity in. As women, we have become so attached to the roles we play, the jobs that we have, the houses we own, the marriages we're in, and we derive our purpose from those things. That was what I was doing. I had placed my identity in being a teacher, living the life I was living, in having this great apartment, this great church, this great life. And this wouldn't be the first time that I was about to experience change. Are you sensing there is change in the air for you, but you're just not sure what that looks like? A possible change in vocation, or maybe you feel like a strong sense to step out and do something that you've always wanted to do. There can be a lot of fear associated with making those kind of changes. Which is why I am so glad that we're going to hear from someone who has taken those big leaps, leaving two powerful positions, one as the co-host of The View, and the other as an anchor on Good Morning America weekend. Today on the podcast, we're talking about what happens when our life gets shaken up. Is it possible to shift our identity and purpose away from doing? What happens when you feel called out of the very thing you've come to attach so much meaning? Today, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Paula Ferris. Paula, thank you so much for joining me today on the Courage Cast. I'm really excited to talk to you today. And I think it's just, I feel it's just an honor to talk about your book and talk about what you're doing with your podcast. And there's so many things. But before we get to that, before we kind of dive into that, there is so much going on in the world. There, I just want to take a, a breath. I've Ooh. just. I've been on social media this morning and it's really, really hard to watch. Um, I'm learning so much right now and I'm feeling like um, as someone who has a podcast and someone who is in the spiritual and faith space, there are so many things that we are learning about life, about speaking up and about kind of walking in our truth and our full potential. And I think that that uh, plays such a huge role in this conversation today. And so uh, I just want to thank you for for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. And and I concur with with so much going on. It's trying to find your voice in all of it and figure out like, you know, how should I show up? Um, I know I've been really convicted in these moments, especially here in the United States with all of the unrest going on with racial tensions. And then, you know, coupled with COVID, which is still ongoing, um, you know, like we're, we're, how should we be using our voice? How should we be, um, how should we be acting in this moment as well? So I know that I've been really convicted. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's important for us as women, as white women, I think to yes. to take a posture of listening in a time mm. that we are so used to talking. And mm. um, but I appreciate that your message um, just transcends. Um, I think any kind of racial boundary and barrier, and and so I, I'm really excited to to talk because I think this is something as women we need to hear. Yeah. And your book, your beautiful book called out. It was so funny. I read the title at first and I was like, yeah, you know, we're called out. And then I read it later again. And I was like, I'm called out. And I was like, wow. I was like, that really does have dual messages. I was like, it has a a couple of messages because we're in call out culture where we love to call one another out. But I feel like God called me out of a space where I was really addicted to my job and addicted to to the high of vocation. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that mistakenly thought that work was worth. That's where I kind of came up with the title. <laughs> it, it's a great title. And it's Thank a you. great cover too. Now, I know that there's a lot of women who are kind of in the midst They're you know, they're reevaluating so many things about their lives right now. I have lots of friends who are saying, you know, um, I lost my agent. And now all of mm-hmm. a sudden, I have to decide, do I want to keep on acting? Sure. After this is over or uh, I don't necessarily have my job after this. And so there's so many women that are kind of taking a pause and going, okay, what is it that I do want? And I want to talk to you today about something that I thought was really important in your book. And, and that is just understanding the difference between purpose mm-hmm. and our vocational um, calling. Sure, sure. And I'm just going to hand it over to you with that. Yeah, I, I'm so passionate about this message, Andrea, because for so long, I thought that I had to lean in to career and I had to find this one thing that I was born to do. Um, and, and this is a very prevalent message in faith circles, you know, find your calling. It's almost synonymous with career. And then um, in the secular space, you know, your worth is work. Uh, you know, what's your name? What do you do? We ask our kids from the time they can walk and talk. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? So there's this notion and there's this belief and it's systemic that we are only as good as what we do, that our worth lies in work, that our value lies in vocation and that our calling is career. So we have to find this one thing. And I pursued it as hard as I could. I rose to the top in my field of broadcasting where in the United States I was anchoring um, a, a major news morning show, Good Morning America, and co-hosting The View, which is a, um, a very popular talk show here in the States. And I got to the top and I just looked around and I said, at what cost? What good is it for a man to to gain the world but lose his soul? I was at a professional high, but a personal low. Um, and And I felt in that space, I looked around and my relationships were really suffering with my husband and my three children. I wasn't attending church, which is something that's very important to me, um, you know, being rooted in my community. My health started to suffer and I thought, okay, and God, I, I don't think you led me this far to see the, the, my personal life and the things that I held so dear to me, the things that I hold so dear to me. I don't think you led me to the space just to, to watch everyone and everything get my leftovers. It was at a point where I was burnt out. I still loved what I did, but I was addicted to what I did because I mistakenly thought that this was where my value and purpose lied. And so um, I, I write in the book, I went, it, it, it wasn't enough to, to just see that, that everything and everyone was suffering around me. Um, I went through a personal season, a personal crisis where I had a bunch of freak things happened to me in seven months, miscarriage, concussion, 
car crash, influenza, pneumonia. And I was like, all right, I need to step back. So I knew like sometimes, you know, people ask, how did you know it was time? I knew it was time because there were, you know, I, I assessed the personal landscape, but I also felt in many ways I was forced out. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I wasn't going to slow down, I felt God was forcing me to slow down through, through this crisis. And, um, it was in that space though, when I walked away, Andrea, I said, um, I don't know who I am outside of it. And I didn't realize how wrapped up my identity and my purpose were in doing. And then, um, but you think about it, what we're told from, uh, if you are someone that attends a church or you are a religious person in synagogue, mosque, um, and even society, this is just what we're told to do. We're told to find this thing. And when our identity and purpose are so tied to doing the moment that that shifts, for me, it shifted because I walked away from these jobs. Um, the moment that that shifts, we aren't going to know who we are. So that's why I, I write a lot of the book about um, how to find out who you are outside of what you do. Mm, and that's yeah. so hard because for so long, I thought my purpose was to be the best broadcaster that God gave me these talents and gifts. And I need to best be the best broadcaster that I can be. And I would introduce myself. Um, you know, I thought that was my purpose. I'm Paula Ferris of Good Morning America and The View. And then that was gone. And I'm like, well, what's my purpose? who am I? And so, um, that's where, and this kind of all has led up to your question. I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but, um, God really showed me that we have these two callings on our life. One is a faith calling or purpose, which I identify as a pur your purpose in the book. And that's who you are, uh, has nothing to do with what you do. It's who you are. It's never going to change. And it's why you're here on this earth. That mm -hmm. will never change for me my faith calling, my purpose is to love God and love people. All right. Mm -hmm. Before it was to love God and love people, but really to be the best broadcaster that I could be. So my, my purpose is no longer tied to doing, um, then you have your vocational calling, your vocational calling will change throughout our life. Okay. You should expect it to change. Okay. You can branch out, you can try new things, but think about vocation as just the vehicle by which right. you will fulfill your purpose, whatever you define your purpose to be. Um, and then once you've separated those two and you realize that, okay, my worth doesn't lie in, in work anymore. Okay. It's I'm here to love God and love people. That's it. But the way that I'm going to go about doing that, the different vocational branches, that's where I'm, that's where God has placed me uniquely. So it's just the conduit, it's just the vehicle. And once you can separate those two, then I write in the book, how you could really kind of figure out and carve out a vocational lane for yourself. Like, how do I know what I am supposed to be doing? Um, what are the unique talents and gifts that God has given me? And you can you can answer that by three basic questions. And you have to check every single box. What are you good at? What do you love? And what do trusted people in your life notice you're good at and you love? Um, and it's not going to be so one-dimensional, Andrea, like, oh, you're a great nurse, or you're a really great engineer, you're a great teacher. It's going to be these talents and gifts. Like for me, what I'm curious and I ask a lot of questions and I had trusted people in my life notice that about me. Um, my high school, my high school teacher, my college professors, my nickname growing up was Paula 20 questions. You think, <laughs> how can I use curiosity and question asking and persistence? Well, mm -hmm. God used it in a broadcasting capacity, but God can use these gifts and talents that I've been given and the unique ones that you've been given on a lot of different branches. So once you release yourself from that lie that my worth is only in work, that it's only in doing, um, it gives you the permission to see yourself 
outside of this one thing for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. God can use it in so many different ways. But what are you good at? What do you love? And what do trusted people notice about you? You have to check every single box. You can't just love it. You can't just be good at it. It has to be those three things. And I love that. It's beautiful because it doesn't matter then what you do with with your life and how mm-hmm. you change and talk a lot of, to women about the roles they play in life and sure. how we associate to roles versus associating to purpose mm. and understanding um, our identity and who we yep. are as women and looking at you can do the exact same things you've been gifted and talented, um, all of the things that you feel God is giving you to use Mm -hmm. as a mom you can use them as a mentor you can use them in your workplace amen you can use them as a volunteer in a community organization and i think i love how you explain that now there are many women who talk about staying too long yeah i have been one of those people where i have probably stayed too long in places. And you talk about in your book, you, you said you had like seven things happen, which when, when you read the book, it's like, whoa, I was like, okay, attention, get your attention. Okay, no, still no. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's like, one of my talents and gifts is also stubbornness, Andrea. <laughs> okay, okay, great. I was like, a duly noted because I was like, that is something. She got an apple thrown at her head, and I was like, okay, come on now. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But okay, I've never had those things happen. But I am, I'm probably stubborn in a very quiet way. But staying too long, and I think that there are a lot of women who are fearful of making changes. Yes. You, you worked really, really hard to get where you were. Mm-hmm. And you made a lot of sacrifices to get to the top. And I can understand when women say, you know what, I went to school, I sacrificed, I went into debt. My parents, you know, also sacrificed and went into debt for me to get to this place. And now I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And there's so much fear and hesitation when women are like, I am stuck here because I made this choice. Now I have to be here. Yeah. T- talk to us about that. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I continue to hear. We feel trapped because either we make too much money or we feel trapped in an indebted job because we don't make enough. Mm-hmm. Feel um, you know, unfulfilled in our job or we just feel maybe the seasons have changed. Um, maybe we're burnt out. Um, maybe we're home with our kids and we're told that there's no value in that. And that's what I love about, you know, once you're dissecting your purpose from your vocational calling and you're separating your worth from doing, in releasing yourself from that lie, it just gives you the permission. I don't see myself as just a broadcaster anymore. I see mm-hmm. myself as someone who's curious and asks a lot of questions and I, I'm an effective communicator and I know that the, that can be used in any capacity and uh, on a lot of different branches. So I look at vocation as I, I'm branching out, I can try new things. Vocation can be seasonal. Maybe I feel vocationally called for a couple of seasons to stay home with my children. And, and use my gifts of curiosity and question asking to feed into them and love them in that space. Um, but I think when, when you're looking to make a change, I was told I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. I mean, my colleagues, I had executive, uh, executives that told me that I was crazy. And, um, but I think, you know, deep in your spirit, I, I say, follow the peace. Do you have mm-hmm. a peace in your spirit that you need to make a move? Mm-hmm. And if you can ask yourself that basic question and you answer yes, then um, the next step is on you. You should expect and anticipate fear. Oftentimes we confuse fear with intuition and we say, oh, I'm scared to do it. So that means I shouldn't go for it. 
that's so that is so false because fear is not something that we conquer fear is not something that we are cured of or healed from or of fear is something that we have to press into fear is something that we need to step into and take that step of faith just like martin luther king said taking that step when you can't see the rest of the staircase if you think about it in your own life and i don't want to get i don't know um you know if the majority of your audience is faith-based or not, I am. But if even if you're not a person of faith, you look back at the touch points in your life where you have had to face your fear mm-hmm. and either you back down or you pressed into it. And when you press into it, you just look at, at, at who you are on the other side of it. You're a more confident person. Even if that thing didn't turn out, you're a more confident and self-assured person. And you don't have a regret that you didn't do it because people would have thought that you were crazy. For me, I know that, um, I I go back to Joshua one nine. Have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous? Um, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you. And this is a old Testament reference when God was uh, asked would had called Joshua to take down the city of Jericho. He asked him to circle seven times. I don't know why out of obedience, maybe to refine him. Sometimes we feel like we're in that space where we're just circling, but we know what we're supposed to do. Um, but I know this verse speaks to me, um, in the same way I was same way I was with Moses. I'll be with you. And God is commanding us. Have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous, mm-hmm. but he acknowledges that the fear is going to be there. And then he promises that he'll be there in it through it past it. So I know that when I have a peace in my spirit about something that it's up to me to take a step, right. it's not up to anybody else, but me, and it can be scary as hell. And I acknowledge that. Um, so I say, expect and anticipate the fear, but know that it's up to you. It's normal to feel that I was paralyzed by my own fears for so long and fear has, has paralyzed me in so many moments, but I was scared to get into broadcasting 20 years ago. And then I was scared to take this huge step away. Um, two years ago, I was paralyzed by those fears, fears of failure, fears of what people would think about me. I'm at the top. Who does this? I'm crazy. I am nuts. I'm a <laughs> lunatic. It doesn't make any sense, but I knew that I was being called out of a dangerous space. Um, so I would just, um, you know, it, it, if you have the peace, proceed. And if you don't stop, that's mm-hmm. where, that's what I would say. And, and yeah. it's not, it's not going to make sense to some people and it doesn't have to, if you have really trusted people in your life, I do life with a small group. Um, it's my pastors and then two other friends. So there's six of us total. And these are the people that are speaking life into me. And these are the people that I listen to for, for, for guidance. Um, they've looked under my hood and they know how ugly it is. And they can, um, I, I feel that, that for me, God will speak through, through these trusted people. He will speak through trusted people. He can speak to you through podcasts and books, and he can speak to you through sermons and songs and scriptures. And when you're in the, the car and you hear that one song you've heard a thousand times, and all of a sudden you hear it differently, like that is God speaking to you. You have to know who to listen to and who to tune out. But it all starts with that peace. Do you have mm-hmm. a peace in your spirit? And don't confuse that with fear. Do you have a peace in your spirit? Mm-hmm. No, that's great advice. I think that for any woman that is listening today, and I think some people are hesitating to kind of move towards what it is they feel that uh, is the next step for them. So mm-hmm. I want to encourage you if you're listening to this, that you are going to feel the fear and 
you are going to feel uncomfortable and that's okay. And I think that knowing that there are other women who have done it. And I think that especially when you're, you're successful at something and then letting it go to see what's next, because Mm. you feel that there is more. I remember when I left the teaching profession and it was back in, oh gosh, 2007. So a long time ago, I remember thinking, I can't imagine walking out of these doors 30 years from now. And I have, uh, I had a mentor. She's actually next week will be 95 years old. She lives in Memphis, Tennessee. She's a beautiful Southern young lady. And uh, she's amazing. But she she said to me, she said, Andrea, um, I know that there is more for you and you taking that step and moving out. I can't see you being here and this being it for you. And so you're going to have to be uncertain. And the crazy thing was, is she was a journalist herself. Wow. She, uh, you know, worked for the Memphis newspaper. I'm not sure exactly what it was called, but her and her husband both did. Now, I think everybody should get your book and read it, especially if you are considering making a change in your life, if you're looking to um, move uh, vocations right now. Mm -hmm. And many of you might be. Maybe you're thinking about moving to being online somehow or just changing from being a nurse to a teacher or from a teacher to a musician. Um, Mm -hmm. These are clients you know what someone said a, someone I, someone was interviewing me a while ago and they said you make leaps that don't make sense in reference to me and I I embrace that sometimes mm-hmm. you have to make a leap that doesn't make any sense um, but you know that you're supposed to uh, and what can be scary in that space is you might be walking away from something that's really good and yeah um, and that and that you know, you've worked a long time to, to get to, and you might not be sure of what your next chapter looks like. And that's all part of it. You don't get to see the next chapter until you continue to write the one that you're in. And, um, but I'm telling you, if you feel that peace and that nudge, um, you know, just really make sure you're listening to the right voices and, and expect that fear to manifest itself because it will. It will. The fear is going to try to um, dissuade you. It's going to try to paralyze you and don't allow it to. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good word. So I've got a few quick fire questions for you here before we close today. Um, And you can make them as long or as short as you want. (laughs) Usually when people are like, I have a lightning round, I'm like, well, it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to be, it's going to be a thunderstorm. So. Okay. Well, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Okay. 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 So the first question is what are you willing to fight for? Um, What, what am I willing to fight for? I'm willing to fight. Oh gosh. You're asking, an Enneagram eight who loves to challenge people what they were willing to fight for. I'm willing to fight for people that don't have a voice in whatever capacity that may be, whether in any capacity, I Mm. love to champion and challenge people. Awesome. Okay. If you were to get a standing ovation, what would it be for? For being kind and respectful. That means that means more than anything else. It really does. I remember when I walked away from, and here's the thunderstorm, I'm going to ramble. <laughs> but when I walked away from Good Morning, I'm anchoring this morning show. I had a couple of interns that came up to me and they said, you know, thank you for being the first person to to know my name and to to acknowledge me and treat me with dignity. And 
it's those sort of moments that like you can say what you want about my career, what whatever the accolades, it's those moments that should be the most important to us, those that we're touching people. And I've been lucky, you know, I've been blessed to have some, you know, a lot of exchanges like that. But I think that's why we're here. It's to love God and love people. And that's what we should take our stake and our pride in, not how many trophies, um, the accolades and the accomplishment and the achievement, because that will come and go. I've had to, so I've had to rejigger my own lens to know that, oh, this is what's important. It wasn't that other stuff. Yeah, that's good. What brave step do you need to take next? Oh gosh, listen, girl, I'm pressing into the fear right now. I'm in the midst of taking uh, a step that's really scary. Um, but um, it, and it has to do with, with vocation. Okay. So taking another step. All right. And, that's step, good. and that's stepping, good. stepping into the <laughs> unknown, stepping into the unknown at a very unknown time mm-hmm. where, where things are very unclear. And that's what I love, because then when you're speaking to it, you are speaking to it out of a place of, I get it. I'm in it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm in it. I know it's scary, but listen, Yeah, we got to go for it. Exactly. What book are you reading right now? I'm reading a couple of different books. I'm reading um, the book by Ian Morgan Cron about the Enneagram, The Road Back to You. And I love the Enneagram, by the way. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. I just learned about it about a year ago, and I think... What are, what's your Enneagram number? One. I'm a one. You're a perfectionist. Yes. In recovery. Yes. In recovery. (laughs) Um, I feel like I, if I have, if I was, if I'm a car, I have two eights as wheels and then I have a three and a one. So I have the little perfectionism and then the achiever and the three. And then uh, I just love to challenge people. So I thrive in that space. I don't see it as like confrontation. I'm like, this is awesome. We are like going at it, but not yelling in a very respectful way. So that's probably that's, why I like doing the talk show. <laughs> and I love that about you in the eight, because a lot of eights can be come across as a little bit more angry and that you're like, that I'm kind, like that's a beautiful balance, like a beautiful balance for the eight. Well, beautiful. that's, I love thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means yeah. a lot. Someone once told me I'm a healthy one. And I was like, oh, because every time I tell someone I'm a one, they just go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what they say to me. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Um, and then the last question is, what new thing are you learning about? What new thing am I learning about? Oh, I, well, I, I was learning how to be a homeschool teacher until I kind of um, uh, waved the white flag. Um, so that's something that's like a little bit more practical, but I think internally I'm just learning, um, I'm continuing to, to give myself grace and give other people grace around me. Um, eights can be hard on themselves and hard on others. So, but giving everyone grace in this moment where we're all a little out of sorts, especially my children, I think how uncomfortable it is for me to, to navigate this space, but then these little kids think about how uncomfortable it is for them. So just giving myself grace and giving my kids a lot of grace in this moment. Mm, that's, but I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm learning. Now you've got this brand new book called called out and <laughs> yeah. you have a podcast as well, but yeah. how can people find you? How can they connect with you? Sure. I'd love if you, thank you for supporting the book. If you choose to support the book, I hope it speaks to you and equips, you know, equips and encourages you. Um, to find your purpose outside of doing, um, and then to also find your, na- in, 
find your vocational lane, but um, you can reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. Instagram is really the easiest. And it's just my first name and last name, Paula Ferris and Ferris. I know there's a lot of different variations of it, but it's spelled just like the city of Paris, but with an F like Frank. So Paula Ferris, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And I've been hearing from a bunch of ladies that they're doing book clubs and that's so great. And if you do a book club, I'd love to crash your book club one night. So that would be really fun. That's, you know, it's really funny you say that. I wrote a book back in 2013. I self-published it. And I literally, it's on the shelves, like collecting dust. I do nothing with it. I, it's actually called Design with Purpose. It's all about Aww. women finding their purpose because I'm a, a life coach. And I just got a message on Facebook like about three days ago. Women are doing a book club with my book. Oh, that's awesome. It's it's been resurrected. And they asked if I would join on their Zoom call in a couple of weeks. So by the time this comes out, I will already have been on it. But it's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely do a a book club and then get Paula to crash your book club. (laughs) I would love to crash your book club. That would be so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been really fun to see how people have have seen their own life um, in this message and in this book. Yeah. And that's just, that's just beautiful. And it's humbling too. It really is. I have, I have people are like, I feel like you're writing about my life. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of a book and the beauty of a message. Um, listen, I'm just glad that it's touching a couple of people. I really am. I'm grateful for it. It's a, it's a beautiful message. Uh, when I saw it and I had the opportunity to read it, I always think, okay, what is this? What are they, what are they going to say? Yeah. What are they going to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Waited with beta breath and I read through it and I was like, no, this is a good message. It is a strong message. It is what women need to hear. It's mm-hmm. helpful. It is actionable. And so I would just highly suggest going out, buying it, well, getting it on your online store at this point. For <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't go out and buy it right now. But um, and and so I just want to say a huge thank you to you for joining me today. And um, just you, all Andrea. best to you. Thank you so much. It's been um, an honor to join join you on the podcast. And thanks to every all of you for listening. I appreciate it. I love what Paula had to say about fear that we face when we're standing on the precipice of something new. She said, oftentimes we confuse our fear with intuition and we say, oh, I'm scared to do that. And it means I shouldn't go for it. Have you ever felt that way? I know that I have felt that way so many times in my life. And that is exactly the way I felt the day I stood in front of my mailbox holding the letter from my immigration lawyer. The deep seated fear that I would have to completely uproot my life, everything I had worked for, and perhaps everything would be gone in an instant, was just really a lot to handle. And even though my intuition knew that there was something more for me, I didn't want to go there. I wasn't ready to go there. Because fear had me clinging to a life that was comfortable, that was easy, and oddly, a life that didn't feel like it was meant for me. You won't be surprised to hear that the contents of the letter told me that my visa was not going to be extended because it had run its course. After 14 years, it was recommended that I leave the country and I only had six weeks to pack up and go. My heart dropped. It was a mix of fear and there were so many emotions, most of which were overwhelming. Failure a little bit of relief, 
and leaving the country meant packing up everything I owned, which eventually I did sell, and I drove my car with only what would fit all the way up to the Canadian border and up north to where my parents lived, which is a story for another time. But what I will say is this, I knew that I had held on to something for far too long. For many years prior to getting that letter and having to leave to basically being forced out of the country, I always had this sense that I was going to have to leave and I was never wanting to give it up. I always wonder what might have happened if I had done it sooner. My spirit knew it and that is exactly why I had to face the reality that it was time to discover what was next on my journey. My heart knew I was meant for more. And you are meant for more too. Even if you're living in your sweet spot right now, it's likely that things are going to shift and change because it's totally normal for that. And if I'm honest, I think that is what keeps things fresh and new in our lives. Because if you're not changing, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, are you really even living? So you may be facing a tough decision right now and things may feel really tenuous. So I want to encourage you to stay the course, to face the fear and take that next brave step in your life. I want to thank Paula for being on the show today. Oh my gosh, like how honored am I that she was here and so grateful for the wisdom that she shared with us because she's leading the way for us to be brave to take those brave steps in our lives and to truly have a better understanding of who we've been created to be. Make sure that you connect with her and buy her book. It's available on Amazon and I've included a link for her book in the show notes as well as the rest of her information. Friends, I am so thrilled that we got to hang out together today and I would love to connect with you as well. So make sure that you Find me on Instagram at at the.couragecast, or if you just chill out on Facebook, you can find me there as well. And we have a private Facebook group that I'd love for you to become a part of. All of the links will be located in the show notes today. So I hope that we can continue the conversation over there. Friends, until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Gas, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.